From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. Hello, folks, and welcome to this edition of the Market Signals podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Zabinti, Chief Investment Officer of LPL Financial. Joining me today uh, is Quincy Crosby, Chief Global Strategist. Quincy, how are you? Fine, thank you, Mark. This is my favorite week. Thanksgiving is one of my all-time favorite holidays. Yes, and, and it's it's my job today um, uh, to tee up a few things um, that we want to talk about, and we are recording this on Monday, November twentieth, so the Monday ahead of of Thanksgiving. Um, before we get started into some of the thoughts that I know you wanted to share with the audience, um, let's talk a little bit about what we've seen in the short past from from equity markets and fixed income. Obviously, equity markets have endured a lot of positive momentum really across the board. So um, what, what what would you say about that you know, momentum, uh, Quincy, and, and its likelihood that it continue? Well, first of all, one of the major catalysts for the market coming off the lows and that it began on November 1st was the announcement from the Treasury Department suggesting that the supply that would have to go into auction actually was going to be slightly lower, which was music to the market's ears because one of the problems for the market has been that with the oversupply going into the auction, that the yields coming out from the auction where it was settled were just too high. Remember, that was what got the market equity market so nervous is that yields were just jumping higher to 5%. That helped, that announcement helped the market. It set the tone for the market. And then, Mark, and then, in addition to that was the idea, because there was a Fed meeting the same day later on, but that was the probably the, the most important basis for the market to climb higher. The notion that the Fed, that the Treasury Department was actually going to make it easier in terms of the auctions absorbing their the, the supply, the funding that the that the Treasury and the country needs. Then at the Fed meeting, it helped to complement that in the sense that the basic message to the market, at least the market interpreted that way, is guess what? The Fed's finished. The Fed has done a quote unquote dovish pivot. That was the interpretation from the market. You couldn't ask for a better catalyst to get a negative market because the market was deep, deep into basically nothing could go right. Everything is terrible to suddenly change its tune and enjoy the hospitality of the best season for the market and one of the best months of the market, which is November. However, and I can't stress this enough, part of this message that the market has been absorbing, at least what the market wants to believe, is that, hey, you know what? Not only is the Fed not going to be raising rates anymore, but in fact, the Fed is going to cut rates as soon as this summer. That is music to the market's ears, despite the fact, by the way, that uh, what would require the Fed to cut rates in the summer? Needless to say, it would be a major slowdown, a dislocation, or something that would require the Fed to offer medicine for the market. And yet right now, this is important for the market. The market, despite some of the comments, Mark, from the Federal Reserve speakers, including those on the dovish side 
of the equation and of, of the Federal Reserve um, um, Committee is, wait a minute, we don't know yet. We're not sure. We, you know, we want to have rates higher for longer. The market's response is, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. You're not going to have rates higher for longer. They are going to come down. This is a tug of war between the market and the Fed. And the question right now is, Mark, do we hear anything more from the Fed that would telegraph that, hey, market, you're, you're wrong. The Fed has done this in the past. Uh, we remember Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where Chairman Powell came out and said, not only are you wrong, market, read my lips. We're, we're, going to be, we're going to be raising rates and raising rates and raising rates. So again, this is why the data between now and December 13th, which is the next Fed meeting, is so crucial. Crucial for the Fed, crucial for the market. Yeah, and, and it, it's, you can almost set your watch by it, um, given the, the uh, swings in the pendulum of expectations around the, the Federal Reserve. It's almost... Uh, comical how people think the Fed is going to be you know tighter for longer and then that that switches. I mean so that that switch in in sentiment also has impacted no doubt uh the fixed income markets which have reacted very nicely over the past month and certainly last week as well. Um no doubt part of that expectation around you know uh, Fed action perhaps more in line with what the, what we've been thinking anyway. Um, um, Quincy, I mean, what, what would you say about the, you know, the fixed income returns here? I know we're a big fan of, of fixed income. What do you think about that market? Well, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good, but I have to say that the 30 year auction was not helpful. Uh, we didn't have as much participation from foreign banks as we had expected or hoped for, nor from domestic. Uh, buyers. So that yield was higher, higher than the market wanted. Today, there's a 20-year uh, auction, and the market's very interested on where that has settled. So that's going to be important. However, for the for the Fed, the, uh, for the market, rather, what you're probably going to see are more, more of the short-duration uh, notes coming to market, and that's actually been very attractive for buyers. But nonetheless, the slower the economy, the more the yields are going to come down. But when you factor in, Mark, the idea that, well, they're going to cut rates, there's even a 30% chance, according to the futures market, that the, that the market believes, 30% of the market believes there'll be a rate uh, cut in um, March. March, that's, that's around the corner from now. What would have to happen? It would have to be a deep, deep slowdown. Typically, Historically, the Fed does not cut rates until they see a recession or until something breaks. So this is the market saying, you know what, Fed, let, we don't want to hear about your, your mantra of higher for longer. We don't believe that. And then the Fed coming out and saying, if, even the doves coming out and saying, well, wait a minute, we're not so sure. We're not so sure what we're, we, you know, they, we still we may need more rate hikes right now for the market, and I have to point this out, it is about when the rate cuts come in. Even if we had a 25 basis point more, another rate hike for the market, it is focused on when do those cuts come in. So this has been attractive, obviously, for fixed income. Uh, clearly, there'll be a slowdown of some sort, um, you know, and even perhaps a recession. However, you know, the conference board 
because remember, we pay attention to what these surveys tell us, but the conference board came out with, yeah, we, we may have a shallow recession. Notice they said shallow in the first quarter. There's a difference between shallow and say a hard landing, right? So you have all of these strategies out there. And yet I can't say this enough, as we speak right now, the market is pricing in about 2% right now. Right now it'll change as the data come in, 2% GDP for the fourth quarter. It's not stellar. It's not as strong as the 4.9%, that first read of GDP for the third quarter, but it's still not recessionary. Yeah, I mean, it is our base case. We'll see a material fade in, in GDP. It's our our base case. We'll see a recession in 2024. And and I don't know that along with what you said, Quincy, that we're believers in, in higher for longer, you know, either. So again, the pendulum swing is probably not that much of a surprise. So, so just moving on to this week's economic calendar, obviously it's a light week, but some important numbers ahead. Um, you know, the Fed meeting minutes for one thing tomorrow. Quincy, how does the, how does the week set up uh, in terms of economic data and what has got your eye? Well, you know, we'll have existing home sales. The expectations are that that will be a little bit better. Uh, and remember, last week we had a better a better print on um, new home sales and also pending home sales turning up a little bit. Obviously, for the year it's down, but it's trending up. The other thing that we're going to have uh, this week, which I think is very important, is we will have durable goods. And why is that important? Because embedded within the durable goods report is a picture of capital expenditures. And we've seen that companies have been a bit more careful. It has been uh, actually fairly weak. We'll see if that has changed at all. The other thing this week, which is not in the numbers, but it is certainly, I would have to say, more important than the numbers, by the way, given the importance of the US consumer, 68% of GDP is consumer spending, is how are consumers facing uh, Thanksgiving week for spending, Black Friday, which is the day historically that the retailers in our country actually go from negative to positive. Not to mention the importance of Cyber Monday, in which billions of dollars as consumers look to see, can I get bargains, promotions, you name it. This is crucial. And why is it crucial? Obviously, because of our role in the larger economy but also from comments out of Walmart last week. And, you know, Mark, I thought that this was going to get the market to sell off and ask questions later. It did not. Maybe because it was perceived as actual good news. If you're in the camp that we're headed towards a recession, maybe the commentary from Walmart was perceived as, ah, aha, this is exactly what we think. And ultimately, this will lead to the downturn that forces the Fed to cut rates. And that comment from the CFO from Walmart last week was, you know, we've seen a slowdown in consumer spending from the beginning of October, not just last week or the week before, but from October. And then coming from the CEO of Walmart, uh, it was this comment that he saw the potential for a spate of deflation coming up. 
So those two comments, you know, normally would have the market very, very nervous, but you know, the market heard it, didn't like it, but then moved on and actually, you know, wound up in, in the green. Again, I believe because it was bad news becoming good news. So this week we're watching the consumer, those pictures of the consumer spending. I don't know, and maybe uh, you know, Mark, is there a must have? Every year there's a must have where folks get in line. It doesn't matter, rain, snow, sleep. They had to have it. It may be a toy for their, their children and they will pay full price. But Americans have been taught, you let, you, I love this, but you let, the, uh, you let the retailers blink first. They're willing to hold out until the retailers blink and, and cut those prices. And those discounts are, are, are out there. I, I, I'm watching them as I go into the various stores, but still the consumer, except for the lower income consumer, under tremendous pressure. That's where the delinquencies are, the late payments are, the uh, subprime uh, loans for the automobiles, the vehicles, that's where the problems are. What we need to see is, are we going to see more spending? Now that the UAW strike is over, that lasted longer than the market thought and longer than they thought, and now they could take a deep sigh of relief and maybe we see more spending. And that's interesting because we saw initial unemployment claims pick up. We saw continuing claims pick up. And some of that has been attributed to how the UAW strike skewed some of these numbers. So this week is terribly important. The Fed minutes are coming out. Now, I have to say, years ago, this was one of the most important market moving events of, 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 the, of the month. However, given how every single meeting is live, how Fed speak is part of the of the fabric of our of our, our markets, we know what they're thinking. But still, with the Fed minutes, everyone is looking for a kernel of information that perhaps the market did not assimilate. And that's really why we pay attention to it. It's coming out tomorrow afternoon. And then one last thing that I'm paying attention to is the um, consumer sentiment because embedded in consumer sentiment is a look at inflationary expectations to the future, right? Expectations one year and then three to five years. This is up, Mark. This is up. But when we dig deeper, we notice that it is young workers and also the lower income wage earners worried about higher inflation down the road. Now, gasoline prices are down. Food prices are down somewhat. Turkey prices are down. I know that for a fact. But the point here is that you have to have those expectations come in. They need to be reined in. And the reason is that the more we see inflation higher, longer term, the more a, a psychology takes hold. And that psychology is you know what, we better buy it today because it's just going to be more expensive tomorrow. That's inflationary. The opposite of deflation, which is, hold on, don't buy it today because tomorrow it's going to be cheaper. The Fed has to make sure that uh, consumer expectations are anchored. This is important for any central bank. They can't let this fester. So we're hoping that that number comes in in this report this week. 
Yeah, and and your your comments on Walmart are certainly interesting, and and, and I, I, we were discussing um, similar comments actually from from Target a couple of weeks ago on you know cautionary comments around uh, the consumer as well. So it's not just Walmart out there, and and we've long not long, but over the last several months really been highlighting. Uh, the delinquencies in credit cards and auto loans, which you mentioned as well. Um, we, we just think the consumer is set to slow down in, in 2024 relative to 2023. And, and certainly some of the retailers are seeing, seeing early signs of that. Um, let's, let me ask you a couple of questions, Quincy. Um, we have a little I bit of a, tur- we have a little turkey theme here today, given the week. Um, and I'm going to cover a couple things that I know that's on, on your mind, and I want you to share uh, your expertise with the audience. Um, actually, two questions really back to back. What's underpinning the latest equity rally? Um, and is the market overbought and due for a consolidation? Yeah, we, we discussed that just a few minutes ago. But just to make it clear, underpinning this market rally is a deep belief that the Fed is finished, we call that the, 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 the dovish pivot, and that it, it will be complemented by rate cuts, rate cuts early on, despite the Fed claiming over and over and over and over again, no, you're wrong. The market says you're wrong, Fed, because this is what's going to happen. That belief is underpinning the, uh, the, the, uh, the market. And is the market overbought? Yeah, the market is short-term overbought uh, by the metrics that are used. Typically, an overbought market will there'll be a, something to come along and have that market pull back. But one thing that can happen is the market goes sideways, the market meanders a little bit up, a little bit down, and but sideways. We saw that a bit last week. That helps to just burn off some of that, that excess froth. It's healthy for the market, but overall, this market is a market that came back back to life from the doom and gloom of no, no, there'll be no recovery at the end of the year. There'll be no Santa Claus rally. There'll be, there'll be nothing. This is terrible. Uh, you know, Mark, the market reminds me of Mother Nature. You know, when Mother Nature sees everybody agreeing on something, Mother Nature wallops you. Oh, it never ceases to amaze me. Same thing with the market. The market got fed up with everyone saying on TV in the news, well, every year uh, we get a rally in the last part of the year. Every year we do. These are the statistics. That was the overwhelming consensus estimates. You know what the market market said? Hey, hey, we'll make the decision, not you. And the market put us into negative uh, negative thoughts. That is usually when you get a nice term. And we talked about this November 1, we got that term from the Treasury Department and then again from the Fed. And there are many catalysts for the for the economy for the market ending higher this year. Yeah. And and so we we've touched on really kind of like the sentiment side of it, which is the Federal Reserve and expectations for, like you said, a little bit yeah. of a directional change in monetary policy, which again is our base case, and it's been that way for a little while now. Um, let's talk fundamentals here for a minute about corporate earnings, you know, as the question reads, how have corporate earnings been overall? And then secondarily, what should we expect from corporate earnings going forward? 
Well, that's, that, you know, that's the basis, should be the basis for the market. But um, corporate earnings have been, have been solid. Some have been actually stellar, but overall solid. And one other aspect to the earnings season is that the margins, everyone had been looking for margin compression, margin compression. Because if you start seeing pressure on operating margins, the next thing you think about is, well, they're going to have layoffs in order to make that bottom line. Ironically, margins have been expanding rather than compressing, which is very good news because that helps, obviously, the bottom line. And the other thing is we've had a nice round of, of earning surprises. That's always what the market wants to see. And basically, uh, this earning season has been a, a success. In fact, to a large degree, we are uh, entering the 2024 first uh, quarter with the earnings recession just about over. Um, and, and then just kind of taking a look at this week, and you've touched on some of this, but um, you know, if there's one or two things that you would point out this week as as we look ahead for the next you know, three days in the market and then Friday, a short day um, as well. But um, what 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 is the market focused on during this holiday week? Well, this week is very important just in terms of earnings. I just want to point that out. We have lows. Uh, we're going to have deer, which we, which is important because all of these tell a story, a larger story. Deer, for example, in terms of infrastructure spending, right? Uh, and uh, lows telling us about the consumer and, and you know fixing up houses and fixing up condos and a lawn and so on and so forth, just, just like Home Depot. But we're going to have a very important earnings, and that is NVIDIA. And why is NVIDIA so important? Because you may know NVIDIA as the top gaming company, which, which is how we all knew NVIDIA. If you were if you like gaming, you knew NVIDIA. NVIDIA has become and evolved into probably the most important semiconductor name in, uh, related to artificial intelligence. It, it's, it's fast, it's quick, it's the kind of thing that the AI movement needs, it's the essential. They have had two quarters of unbelievable, unparalleled uh, parallel reports. They were what we would call in the industry, triple plays top line, bottom line, and, and guidance. There's a fear that they can't do it again. You know, that fear, oh my goodness, they can't do it again. And yet the analysts are suggesting, hang on, they just may. Now, one of the concerns for um, NVIDIA is this, that because of their uh, relationship with China, they had come up with a special chip just for China that they believe would pass compliance from the US government. The fact is it wasn't. The government, US government said, nope, this is not what we want to see going over into China. There is a sensitivity regarding our semiconductor innovation, uh, our, our chips, our, our, our uh, uh, software getting into the um, Chinese military. So, but one of the things that we heard about a week ago is that a host of Chinese of, of chips were bought for, from China uh, before the clampdown came? The question for for Nvidia will be, and they may answer it. They may not have to wait until a reporter uh, asks or an analyst asks the question. And that is, 
how are you going to make up that gap? What are you going to do to make up that gap? And I, based on the news that I've been reading, they have a very powerful story to tell. But NVIDIA joins the big six. It's become an integral part of the um, seven, the Magnificent Seven. Together, they represent close to 29% uh, in terms of the weighting for the S&P 500. Now, it is interesting that NVIDIA has its report late, late in the season, well after the other six have reported. This is the reason is that NVIDIA was never part of that group until AI became so entrenched and NVIDIA fit right in there in terms of their uh, fast, fast um, uh, uh, processing chips for generative uh, AI. It's going to be an incredibly important report. It is actually market moving. And again, the expectations are that they will beat their, their um, previous reports. That would be amazing. That will be absolutely amazing. And it will be a positive for the market. This is a shortened week mark, as you know, we all know, and volume tends to be down. So anything in the market can be skewed in one direction or another. If this is a strong report, as the analysts believe, and the guidance is incredibly strong, uh, it, it could provide a halo effect for the entire market, even despite maybe what consumers are doing, because that is also absolutely key. Yeah, and, and thank you, Quincy, for that. I mean, honestly, just on, from a personal perspective, I mean, um, the way you know S and P five hundred uh, companies uh, are able to manage around various different you know variables, whether it's inflation, whether it's COVID, whether it's whatever it may be, um, they are they are they are seemingly excellent at doing that. And so consequently, we're, we're getting probably a little bit better earnings than most people had expected. Let me pause and thank you for uh, joining us uh, on this this short Thanksgiving week. Um, Jeff Bookbinder will be back in this chair on Monday for the new Market Signals podcast. Thank you, Quincy Crosby, for your time. Uh, audience, thank you for joining us and have a great week. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate
separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposit or obligations, and may lose value.